Believe it or not, there are all sorts of priests who actually see the scandals happening in the church and in the world, and yet they say nothing, or next to nothing. But you know, there's some very real reasons why they keep silent. Sure, that silent harms the faithful, but speaking up can have real consequences for priests. More and more priests are suspended, some for celebrating the traditional Latin Mass, some for the Novus Ordo Mass in Latin, doing orthodox things, still others for standing against abortion, homosexuality, and contraception. We are seeing this all over the world. Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, retweeted Father William's video with these words of encouragement. And I quote from Bishop Strickland, Please pray for this priest and so many others caught up in similar situations. Pray that priests and bishops may be drawn close to the sacred heart of Jesus Christ our Lord. Living close to his heart in the Eucharist is our greatest hope for peace and justice. Unfortunately, Father Williams was removed from his parish despite his valiant effort. He posted a video update in June of 2022. Have a look. Good morning. This is Father Peter Williams coming to you from near Roanoke, Virginia on the second day of my three-day travels to Naples, Florida. I'm driving a 25-foot U-Haul truck with all of my possessions behind me uh, because I've been asked to leave Springfield, Vermont, and uh, it's a, the truck was packed and provided for by my wonderful parishioners at Holy Family Parish. Several priests have been suspended for celebrating the Mass in Latin even if they're only Novus Ordo Masses. It was in August of 2021, Father Sixto Eduardo Varela Santa Maria, a priest in the Diocese of Alahuela, Costa Rica, was suspended by the bishop of the diocese, Bishop Bartolome Buiges Oler, for offering the Novus Ordo Mass in traditional, and by the way, still official, the tongue of the church, Latin, and facing the tabernacle. Father Luis Hernandez Solis, the Diocesan Communications Director, wrote a letter that explained that Varela had already been warned by the bishop against celebrating the Novus Ordo Mass in Latin, and that the priest had previously celebrated the traditional Latin Mass, um, and, uh, and Bishop Bruges asked him not to. But uh, he continued to celebrate the traditional Latin Mass after the publication of the Pope's, of the Pope's Motu Proprio Traditionis Custodis. It was explained that the punishments on the priest, such as being removed from his parish, get this, so it's not only removed from the parish, it's also enrolled in a psychological treatment center. <laughs> and they say those are two, are expected to be measures that will restore the ecclesial communion and the priest's well-being. Yeah, so you've got to be insane and sent off to an asylum to not do what the church says you should do. It's kind of mind-blowing. But anyway, the priest, obviously, Father Varela, has been treated unjustly. It's even in canon law. Canon 928 of the 1983 Code of Canon Law states, the Eucharistic celebration is to be carried out in the Latin language or in another language, provided that the liturgical texts have been legitimately approved. In other words, Varela 
Father Varela was acting within the bounds of the law when celebrating the Novus Ordo Mass in Latin. Hello, dear LifeSite family. The very first Christmas was a dark time. With the world in the clutches of a foreign and hostile power, and with religious leaders betraying God and their flocks at every opportunity. But yet, it was in that very time that the angels joyfully announced to the shepherds the birth of the long-awaited Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus the Christ. And we are in very similar times again. Millions of people worldwide are searching for truth and light as our fragile world seems to be growing darker by the day. Our work at LifeSite News results from an unwavering trust in our holy call to evangelize, to bring the world the truth, ultimately the fullness of the truth himself. At LifeSite, we pledge ourselves anew to boldly ring out the truth of Christ on life, faith, family, and freedom. We're in the midst of our second annual Gifts of Gratitude Christmas campaign and invite you to join us in celebrating LifeSite News' special way of sharing reflections and reactions directly from the heart about what truly motivates us here to work for you on the front lines of the culture war. So during our Christmas campaign, we must raise $750,000 in order to meet the minimum amount required to keep our news mission and operations going. So we rely on your gracious help and support to keep our truthful news mission going, especially as we close 2023 and embrace the lean and early winter months. This is our largest goal of the entire year and one that requires each of you to prayerfully consider a donation. Please know that any amount helps. To give your own personal gift of gratitude, you can donate by clicking on the big red banner at the main homepage of LifeSite News or the giving link that can be found below in the video description box. It is only through your love, prayers, and generous support for our mission that we are able to continue reporting the truth without compromise. This Christmas season, let each of us do what we can to be the light that we are called to be in this culture of darkness. And so we can enable the truth himself to shine ever so brightly as a result. So I want to thank you so much for your unwavering support and continued prayers for LifeSite News. And I pray you have a happy and holy Christmas. May God bless you. How we pray is how we believe. And that is the key to understanding the battle surrounding the Latin Mass. Why is there such a strong push to get rid of the old rite of the Mass, the old Latin Mass? Why is Pope Francis and many of the high-ranking churchmen he has surrounded himself with bent on stopping out a flourishing community of young people seeking to deepen their faith life with a Mass that's the same one attended by the greatest saints the Church has ever known for over a thousand years? What is this hatred for a form of liturgy or worship that, from an outside perspective, can only be seen as a, perhaps even a neat gimmick to revitalize a failing institution? It's like the return of old Coke since new Coke was a sales disaster. Well, the answer to this central question is contained in a Latin phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi. The law of prayer is the law of faith, or more loosely translated, how we pray is how we believe.
And that is the key to understanding the battle surrounding the Latin Mass. Why are all the liberal prelates stacked up on one side of this debate? Why the Pope, Cardinal Supich, Cardinal Gregory, Cardinal Roach, Cardinal Farrell, Bishop John Stowe, and more? Why are all the faithful Catholic prelates on the other side fighting for the retention of the traditional Latin Mass? Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Sarah, Cardinal Zen, Archbishop Vigano, Bishop Schneider, and more. Well, there are all sorts of reasons, for sure. But I wanted to highlight one reason that perhaps few think about. It's at the heart of all the culture war. All those liberal prelates that I mentioned would all be regarded as heretics in more Catholic times. They oppose the Church's perennial teaching on homosexuality, for starters. They also oppose the teaching against contraception. They fight the Church's encouragement for large families. They waver on the pro-life teachings, for instance, in their glorification of pro-abortion politicians and the insistence on giving them Holy Communion. They are the opposite in these respects from their faithful counterparts, also mentioned previously. So, how does this play out then in terms of the traditional Latin Mass? Well, you will find that attendees of the Old Latin Mass reject all the new-fangled anti-Catholic nouveau theology that these liberal prelates promote. Check out this survey of Latin Mass Catholics compared to mainstream Catholics of the Novus Ordo that we reported on at LifeSite in 2019. The Traditional Latin Mass National Survey carried out by Father Donald Kloster, who celebrated both the Novus Ordo Mass and the Traditional Mass for 20 years, he noticed big differences between the people attending the two different types of Masses. So he decided to do a survey of Latin Mass Catholics to see where they stood on key issues which were common to the surveys of Catholics in the general, in the general public carried out by major pollsters. So, here are a few of the issues he looked at. The approval of contraception. The approval of abortion. The approval of same-sex marriage. And the results of this survey were astounding. Pew, the big national pollster, found that 89% of nominal Catholics or, or of Novus Ordo Catholics approve contraception. That's 89%. You know what the number was among traditional Latin Mass Catholics surveyed? 2%. 89% of Novus Ordo Catholics approve of contraception. 2% among traditional Latin Mass Catholics. That's an unreal difference. Well, let's look at the next category. Pew again, Pew Research found that 51% of Novus Ordo Catholics approve abortion. Among traditional Latin Mass Catholics, it was 1%. Also, Daily Wire found in, in, in a massive survey that they did, they found that 67% of Novus Ordo Catholics approve of gay marriage. And among traditional Latin Mass Catholics, it was 2%. Those differences are astounding. It is unreal. Go check it out at LifeSite News for the full story. Check out the research, how they did it, everything else. But to me, it is no wonder that liberal prelates in the church want to stomp out the traditional Latin Mass. We recently had 
Pope Francis join with Anglican leaders from England and, and Scotland on an ecumenical pilgrimage to South Sudan. And I think just on the uh, on the last night there, they, they all were on stage and they they gave a joint blessing uh, in English together. But Your Excellency, you've you've been quite clear about these dangers which are inherent in such actions. I think you've mentioned before that the term interreligious dialogue is itself uh, very, very dangerous and it presents a lot of confusion for the faithful. I wonder if you'd speak a little bit about that. Yes, I consider the um, the wrong ecumenism or the, um, the so-called interreligious dialogue as it is done currently and was already initiated by the Second Vatican Council a uh, great danger uh, because it it contains inherently in this form which is done and even in some affirmations in the texts of the Second Vatican Council it contains the danger of doctrinal relativism. No one can deny this and uh, so even exteriorly it is a display of uh, that basically all are equals uh, the different Christian confessions um, there is no they can continue in this uh, everyone in his own way but then basically uh, we can we have not to change this is um, uh, very dangerous, then there is a no, no stable and constant unchanging truth, which is only one. And there is undermined by these meetings and actions, as you mentioned and others similar, it's undermined the truth that there is only one Church of God and this is the Catholic Church. Uh, the Church of Peter, uh, united with the Holy See, the Chair of Peter, is the Pope's. And um, this is undermined by this. Uh, they are transmitting a message that it is okay that there is an Anglican Church, a Presbyterian and all the others. It's not okay. It's not the will of God. Because these non-Catholic communities are containing objective errors which God condemns, which God does not accept. Errors, doctrinal errors or practical errors in, in sacraments and in some morality which are contrary to the revelation of God, are contrary to the will of God. And what is contrary to the will of God cannot bring blessings. Uh, which lasting fruits and and such gestures of ecumenical meetings or interreligious dialogue are undermining this truth and um, therefore uh, I think these actions and and meetings uh, had to change basically of course we have to to show our charity and love for our separated brothers, this is clear, uh, but nevertheless state that they are unfortunately in an objective error, that uh, they are called by God to join 
the Holy Mother Church, which is the Catholic Church, which is the will of God. They are joined to abandon their errors. Of course, we have to help them patiently with a dialogue, but a crystal clear dialogue to help them to see their own errors, help them, I repeat, with charity, but with clarity. And this is, this is the true uh, love for neighbor. When, uh, when we Catholics are saying to our separate brothers, Christians, showing them, respectfully of course, their errors, uh, because they cannot continue to live in these errors, it's contrary to the will of God. And to invite them to join the Holy Mother Church, which is only one Catholic Church. The Church, the Church of God is the Catholic Church, not only subsists in. This is a very ambiguous expression, because then it can suppose that there are others churches or other communities which, which got established. No, there is only one Catholic Church built by God, and all the others are abandoned the Holy Mother Church and have this charity, this respect to call them back with prayers to the unity of the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church. Jesus is our only Lord, and that He desires that all humanity, for all time, may embrace eternal life in Him. Bishop Joseph Strickland has issued a stunning letter. He knows what's coming, he sees the Synod on Synodality is about to take off, and he knows that he's under threat of being cancelled. He wants to give his people, his flock, a warning. It is one of the most heartfelt letters you will ever read on behalf of a bishop to his diocese. Go to lifesightnews.com right now and read the full letter. I want to give you here some of the excerpts from it. It's just incredible. It starts off this way. In this time of great turmoil in the church and in the world, I must speak to you from a father's heart in order to warn you of the evils that threaten us and to assure you of the joy and hope that we have always in our Lord Jesus Christ. He continues, The evil and false message that has invaded the church, Christ's bride, is that Jesus is, the on is only one among many, and that it is not necessary for his message to be shared with all humanity. This idea must be shunned and refuted at every turn. We must share the joyful good news that Jesus is our only Lord and that He desires that all humanity for all time may embrace eternal life in Him. And then the bishop goes on to quote from St. Paul to the Galatians. You can read it at Galatians 1, 6-9. He says, and this is quoting from St. Paul, I am amazed that you are so quickly forsaking the one who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Not that there is another, but there are some who are disturbing you and wish, you to, and wish to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than the one that we preached to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before and now say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you received, let thou, that one be accursed. End quote. And again, from the Galatians 1, 6-9. So, Bishop Strickland goes on in his letter, 
And he says, and get the wording here, it's so important, as your spiritual father, I feel it is important to reiterate the following basic truths that have always been understood by the church from time immemorial and to emphasize that the church exists not to redefine matters of faith, but to safeguard the deposit of faith as it has been handed down to us from our Lord himself through the apostles and the saints and martyrs. Again, hearkening back to St. Paul's warning to the Galatians, any attempts to pervert the true gospel message must be categorically rejected as injurious to the bride of Christ and to her individual members. He goes on then to list seven points of faith that you need to read at lifesaintnews.com, and he warns that these are the ones we must stick to and the ones being threatened.